Well, good morning. Good to have you guys here this morning. And uh, I'm still coming off the high of last week with uh, baptisms. We had, what, 53 people get baptized last week. Just an awesome time of celebration. You know, we actually had three people accept Christ last week as well. And uh, just really cool to see God continue to stir in this place. Uh, I said last week, um, I don't know the exact number now. We're up somewhere around uh, 74, 75, 76 people that have accepted Christ just since grand opening who have told us. And I'm not sure how many others who have kind of had the light go on and getting who Christ is and God's speaking into them and we just haven't heard yet. And uh, just exciting to see what God's doing in this place. Uh, just awesome opportunities to witness for him and uh, to learn about him and to be discipled uh, towards him. And uh, uh, hey, you heard Steve, this doesn't happen often, so heads up, putting a little plug right in the front end of the sermon here. But uh, you heard Steve talking about the walk through the Bible thing. I'm telling you, I'm not sure if we can get a grasp for you big enough by just talking about it. You're going to have to taste and see that walk through the Bible is good. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but it is, uh, like 10 million people have gone through this worldwide. 10 million people. It's an outside guy we're bringing in to do the speaking. Don't want to miss it. Uh, everybody say, don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss what? Okay. So be signing up fast. I'm telling you, you want to catch it. It's going to change your life. All right. Enough little advertisement there. Moving on. Hey, uh, hey, with all this good going on, question. How do you keep this church from derailing along the way? How do you make sure that we stay right where we need to stay and that we follow God as he wants us to follow him? How does that work? And uh, what's God's plan for governing the church in a way that keeps him center stage? All right. That's the question we're answering today. So turn with me to first Peter chapter five, if you will. First Peter five. We're going to go through the first five verses there. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you. All right. First Peter five. Lord, help us to understand how you want this church led and shepherded so we don't go off the rails. Okay. That seems like a nice prayer, doesn't it? Don't want to go off the rails. That sounds like a good plan. And uh, so let me just say this. There are a multitude of different approaches to governing the church, all right? And uh, so some go after, for example, congregationally led. And uh, everybody gets a vote. If you're a member, you get a vote. What color is the carpet? Vote, right? And uh, so who's on our staff? Vote. And uh, do we like the ministries we're doing? Vote. And uh, that's congregationally led. Gonna be hard pressed to find that one supported in scripture, I'm just telling you. Okay? Don't see a lot of voting plan going on. So I will tell you this, I understand the value of voting. Uh, we love the democratic society. Technically it's a republic, but we'll go with democratic society here in the United States. And we love the, the opportunity to have our say. And it has bled into how we run the church. Be careful. Let's not run the church the way the world runs the world. Let's run the church the way God wants the church run. All right? And so congregationally led, that's not where we're at. And we were actually at a church growing up. Actually, we had just gotten married and, and uh, they ran it with a 22 person council and each person on the council had a responsibility. And then they rotated that council over time. And, and, uh, you know, it did okay. It wasn't that it wasn't a non-functional leadership style. Uh, try to find the word 22 person council in scripture. Okay. And, uh, so but there's other ways to run the church and well, how about dictatorship? Let's try that one. 
We're going to put one guy in charge and he's going to preach every week and he's going to run the whole show and he's going to make people do what he wants done. And he's the only one who gets a say. Yeah, try to find that one in scripture. Uh, It's not there either. All right. And so there's a lot of options out there and none of them are actually fully biblically supported and all of them have a taste of scripture in them. All right. So what does God have as a plan? So uh, elder led is the term that you're going to find all over scripture. Uh, God defines two sets of leadership, elders and deacons. We're going to talk about that in just a sec. But elders are responsible for the shepherding of the church. And deacons are responsible for facilities and finance. All right. And those are the two leader teams you see talked about in scripture. So how about, how about we not get all crafty, creative on our own and we try to develop our own form of government. How about we just do what God says? Everybody on with that? All right. That was a really weak. Yes. Everybody on with that? All right, let's see what God has to say then about leadership, all right? So first step, I'm just going to tell you we're breaking this into two points. Uh, There's a call to elders and then a call to the body. So elders, uh, shepherd the flock for the king. Elders, shepherd the flock for the king. Well, I'm not an elder, Tim, so I guess I tune out for the next little bit. Uh, No, hear me. Uh, Your job is to be praying for the elders that this might be true. Your job is to stand in the gap for the elders that this might be true. And your job actually might even be to be saying, God, are you growing me towards eldership in due time? All right. And so eldership, be aware, please be in prayer. All right. So here we go. What are elders supposed to be about? Chapter five, verse one, first Peter. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. So I exhort the elders. Exhort. That means like challenge. Uh, I'm going to bring this to bear. I want to see this happen. And uh, well, what's your credentials, Mr. Bossy man? Who says you get to get what you want? And just so you understand, I'm an elder. That's what Peter's saying. I'm an elder. And I'm more than just an elder. I've actually partaken of the glory of Jesus Christ. And I know where he's headed. This is what you need to be about, guys, elders. Now, notice a couple things. He says, so I exhort the elders. Uh, It's plural. Uh, There's more than one in this place. He's writing uh, to a group of people, but he's saying, hey, in this place where you are, uh, plurality, please. Not one elder, but elders. Yes, is pretty important. All right. It's not one guy who's running the place. Uh, It's multiplicity. It's plurality. Of elders. Uh, so what is elder? Well, this word actually is used somewhat interchangeably with the word pastor or overseer. Uh, you see all three of those kind of interchangeably used in scripture and at times even occurring within the same uh, verse. All right. And so it means uh, one who actively shepherds, one who leads. In fact, it, in, it in implies uh, age, right? We would use the word elderly, but it's not just age. It's also maturity. And so the term is elder uh, that usually comes with age. There are times where you get a, a more mature person at a younger age, but predominantly you're going to see it as person ages. Experience tends to show them more of what God's doing. And so it's a mature in their walk. It's a mature in their living. It's somebody who gets who God is and they're able to shepherd and lead out. Elder. All right. That's what's going on. So I exhort the elders among you. That word has a lot more punch once you think of it that way, right? I exhort the elders among you 
And then he kind of gives his credentials. Here's my business card. You need to understand the value. Peter then says, here's five things I'm exhorting you to have. Five things that elders need to be about. All right. Really important that we grasp that there are five things. All right. And how many things are there? I agree with you. All right. So number one, it says, uh, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. So let's just break it down. Shepherd. Uh, that means to care for, to protect, to provide, uh, to nurture, right? The image of a shepherd was a, uh, a man who worked with his sheep. Okay. And, and so we're not going to go into all the detail here, but I'm just telling you this, that was a, a little less than complimentary. Okay. Quite frankly, uh, sheep, uh, were one of the hardest livestock to work with because, uh, they didn't have much, um, well, they didn't think very well along the way. Okay. They would drift away easily. And once lost, could not find their way back. They would eat anything. And if it poisoned them, well, it tasted good while it was going down. And, and they would go to water and if it was stagnant, oh, well, and they would drink. And so the shepherd had a staff in hand and he moved often to protect and to shape and to make sure that they were drinking and eating and in the right spots and bringing them back into a group. And it was an active role. All right. Shepherd. So he says, shepherd, the flock of God. Notice it does not say shepherd your flock. Catch that shepherd, the flock of God. You are for hire, elders. You are working for God Almighty and you are watching over his flock and, and take care of his people. Well, this is not your people. It is God's people. And you have a job to do in the midst. Shepherd God's people with all you have. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Uh, please don't reaching out, reach out beyond where you're at, right? This is a big call. Uh, eldering is the local church right where you are and taking care of the people that are participating in loving Jesus Christ right there. Shepherd that flock. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, uh, meaning watching over, uh, deciding what's needed, helping bring care to, exercising oversight. Um, we use that word in a very different way today, don't we? Like when you hear the word oversight, what do you think of? Don't you think of somebody who missed something? It was an oversight, right? That's not what it's talking about here. It's not like ignore the people and look past them, constantly forgetting what you're about. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, make sure you grasp everything that's needed and you are ruling and leading and guiding. You are providing and directing. You are there with them in and among them and you live life with them. That's what biblical oversight is. So, uh, well, help me understand oversight a little better, Tim. I'm not sure I get what you guys would even do in an elder room. Uh, and so here we go. Ready? So we talk about eldership. It has three D's. Uh, doctrine, discipline, and direction. Okay? Doctrine, discipline, and direction. This is what we're all about. In fact, our agenda reads, prayer time, uh, doctrine, discipline, direction. Pretty sophisticated. Okay? And, and so doctrine... This is like the truth of God's word will be taught in this place. We will protect God's word. We will protect the truth going out in every teaching environment through every leader that says things here. Things will be made sure 
that they're headed according to God's word, okay? And truthfully, we really haven't had a lot of instances where we've had to lean in on that, praise God. Um, But there have been some where we've had to sit down and say, that's not what God's word says. And and so where are we going to head now? And, And trying to work that person back towards seeing what God's word says and then redirecting that correctly. Please, everybody hear me on this. Uh, ready? You've heard this phrase before. The ends, where you want to be at the end point, do not justify the means. All right? Like, I want to get them all to do such and such uh, in their marriage. I think it'll be great for them. Great. And so I'm going to twist God's word. And I'm going to lie about what it says because I want to get them to a good point. Everybody say bad plan. Bad plan. I agree with you. Bad plan. Like we're not going to twist God's word to try to get people to a right spot. Let God's word speak. And where God's word is true, God's word will have impact and it will get us to the right spot. Just so you know, if you decide to lie, which by the way is Satan's tool, uh, kind of ironic. Hey, let's use Satan's tool to grow the church, right? Not a good plan. And so like, hey, let's not take bad doctrine. In the end, you will end up with where you want to be plus a little twist. What little twist? I have no idea, but it ain't going to be pretty. I'm just telling you, you get there with bad doctrine, you won't like what it looks like at the end. So doctrine, we watch over it carefully. We take God's word seriously. His word will be lifted up in this church. Amen? We proclaim the authority of God's word. uh, Absolutely in period. That's where we're at. All right? So doctrine, discipline. All right. So this word... Uh, sometimes comes up with a positive connotation in our minds and sometimes not, right? Discipline. And so this word does not mean punish, all right? Does not, it means restoring. Uh, Lord, I want to help restore. And that's the job of the elders is to take someone from a position broken against God's sin and helping them recognize that and move forward and get reconciled to God in relationship with him, restoring them. That's the purpose of church discipline. All right. And there's a process to it. Matthew 18 verses 15 to 18. And we don't veer off. You will find us walking Matthew 18. The question is always, how does Matthew 18 apply to this situation? Where are we at? What do we need to do? All right. And so if I confront someone who's in sin and I challenge them and, and they, and they end up saying, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And please forgive me horizontal, but then please forgive me. God almighty right? In that moment, we have reconciliation and I'm done with going that way. I'm over with it. Repentance. And they're moving towards God in the right direction. We're done. There is no next step of church discipline. You don't continue to a more public venue to humiliate so that they really get the point. That's not it. All right. It is we're working with until they get it. And the moment they get it and they're turning and they're done, That's it. Praise be to God. Restoration. And we start moving back the other direction. All right. So that's our job. I will say that there are often, uh, there might be a name that we're praying for, a name that we're considering what might be happening. We are an active shepherding body. We take it very real that there are times we have to walk through Matthew 18 with a family. We walk through it in tears. Uh, We walk through it with sensitivity, but we will walk through it. Okay very serious to the discipline piece. So doctrine, discipline, and direction. And uh, this, quite frankly, is where we spend most of our time, direction. Uh, Let me tell you, church plant, 
there's a lot going on. Uh, There's a lot of decisions to be made about new ministries that are going to unfold and people that might be hired and locations we might rent out to do those and uh, property you might purchase and a building you might build and what rooms you might have and the carpet you might have to put in it and 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 just right there's a lot of decisions to be made and and so those direction decisions are sitting at an elder level we try to fly at about five to ten thousand feet and allow the staff to be executing on a day-to-day basis all right but there are times where eldership needs to lean in lower okay and so it's kind of that dance of making sure the staff's got it and there's vision but direction has been given all right So eldership, casting oversight, it's doctrine, discipline, and direction. It's going on every single Wednesday night. You want to be praying for the elders? Be praying between the hours of five and nine o'clock, maybe. Gets a little long sometimes. Uh, Three, four hours of meeting where we do a dinner and then pray over. And then we go through the D's, doctrine, discipline, and direction. And I'll be praying for the elders for wisdom and and for uh, patience and for humility, and that God might be glorified in it, all right? So that's shepherd the flock, exercising oversight. Now we pick up pace a little bit. Uh, By the way, you might ask, um, hey, how do you make decisions? Uh, If there's multiple guys in a room, we currently have five elders, and uh, we'll have seven after today, just so you know, all right? And uh, well, what do you do if you have a disagreement? And we do not move forward unless there is consensus, 100%, okay? There will be consent. Now, hear me. I did not say there will be agreement. That's a different word. Agreement is like if I sat in a room all by myself, that's the same thing I'd pick. That's agreement. Consensus. It's one of the things I can live with. And it may not represent the one I choose most, but it represents one I can live with. And with the personalities, some more conservative, some more aggressive, some more extrovert, some more introvert, some more faith-based, some more word of God driven. And, and all those personalities sitting in a room and God's brought them together. And I'm telling you, the overlap of consensus is an awesome place to live. And that's how the decisions get made. We will agree together or we will not move forward. There will be a hundred percent agreement. All right. And that's a great check and balance on any of us. You can't just run amok and get it done. It's uh, working together that God might be glorified. All right. So that's shepherd um, with purpose, not under compulsion, but willingly, not under compulsion, but willingly like, Hey, elders love the Lord, your God with all your heart. Please be passionate about being in a phrase you should not hear from an elder. Well, if I have to. Not a good phrase. Uh, Lord, I'm here. And what do you need done? Uh, It's a strong desire to serve God and carry weight in the place. Willingly. Next one. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Um, What does that mean? Shameful gain. You know, the bottom line is back then there was some uh, physical profit that came from it. You might actually get a robe or, uh, or some animals or... People start giving things and there were guys who started becoming elders to try to get all right bad plan That's not what it's all about Uh, The prophet is not to be on this side ever Okay, it's not about that and and trust me uh, Not a lot of glory with eldering Okay, a lot of weight to be carried Uh, Not a little lot of little special notes that come along saying i'm sure you guys really worked hard this week and praying through things And i'm sure it was tough to have to carry the load on that problem You just carried that no one really knows about and uh, wow, you guys are great and right that doesn't happen 
And there's a lot of serving uh, that's behind the scenes. And elders are laying it on the line. And uh, so, hey, you may want to give them a thank you here and there. The challenge to the elders is don't work for that thank you. You hear me? It's not about recognition here and now. It's not about the thank you, although thank yous are very nice, by the way. Uh, But I'm telling you, it's more than that. It's God, I'm trusting you to do an amazing work. Uh, Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Uh, If being liked and thanked is your goal, eldering is not for you. Okay? Uh, It's not that being liked and thanked is bad, but if you're driven by that, uh, you're going to be driven off the rails sooner or later. You're not going to be willing to stand in the gap the way you need to. Be careful. Uh, Not domineering over, but being an example. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. All right, this is huge. Because every time we talk about leadership, the first thing that starts coming to mind is a very short mustache. You know what I'm saying? What is this, Nazi Germany? What's going on? And... uh, Careful. Eldership is not any kind of dictatorship in that regard. We have to be very careful, not domineering over. Uh, Now hear me. I'm going to be very careful with how I say this. God's word will be lifted up and we will stand on God's word and we will not move. And uh, that is not domineering to say, thus saith the Lord. All right. But when God's word is silent or there is a subjective call at hand and we choose to turn that over into, uh, no, you're going to listen to me now and I'm going to drill you on. And that's when it's gone out of control, not domineering. I'm not going to force my way and my will upon uh, personally, but where God's word is clear and God's will and God's way are clear. Well, then we have a job to do as elders and we will follow that with all we have not domineering. Uh, There should not be a crushing sense of presence of an elder on you. Uh, Shepherding uh, with humbleness and love. There is more tears and more hurt going on in an elder's heart than you know. There is a longing for God to be at work. And eldering done right is is a sobering eldering. There is not a heavy hand pressed on people to just make them do what you want. But instead, there's a gentle seeing of God moving in a heart. And to get a heart to be changed is God doing some serious touching. And and so let's work together on that. Our job is not to crush as we lead, but it is to lead with all we've got. And out in front, making it happen, that God might get the greater glory. Like... Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. Make sure that that mind of Christ is the mind of Christ that we all have. It's not just an elder call, but all of us. Humility, willing to set down everything in order that the body might be benefited and glorifying God. Okay? Humble mindset, servant leadership. That's a big part of eldering. And I love the heart of our elders. I love where we're at. This group of guys has it going on. I'm telling you, God is working in this group. There's growth in this group. There is excitement in this group. There is a change that is taking place in this group. We allow God to work in us. It's not like we got it all going on. We're done. Each of us saying, Lord, what needs to change in me? And then setting tone and pace as we come out into the body, working with them. I love what God's doing. 
So, uh, well, how do you make sure that you get that going on all the time? And uh, you don't have to turn here, but listen to this. First Timothy chapter three, all of our elders will meet these qualifications. It says, uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer or elder, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not a violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with pride and conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil. That's a serious list, and we don't joke around with it. That qualification list will be met in full or we're not moving forward. That's where we're at. Okay, First Timothy 3 leads us and guides us on eldership and what it should look like. We make sure those qualifications are at hand, all right? That God might be able to lead. And then the fifth one, the fifth point for uh, what elders should know, as Peter exhorts, is your reward is in the future. Uh, Your reward is not on Tuesday. Unless that happens to be when Christ comes back. All right? Your reward is in the future. It says actually when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus Christ, when he appears, that's Revelation 19, comes in on his white horse, ready to set everything straight and begins to create an eternal community and kingdom that worships him. When Christ comes back for that, well, that's when there's a reward given out. And it says an unfading crown of glory. Uh, Unfading crown of glory. What does that look like? I have no clue. I really don't. Is it a real crown? I'm not sure. There's no reason to think it's not, but I'm not really exactly sure why God gives out apparel. Uh, might it actually be a role you play? It could be. And I, and I just know this. Somehow God's saying, well done. And he's got the crown of glory available in that. All right. So it's a future look to reward, not present. Eldership should never be clamoring for give me attention today and give me appreciation today. Eldership is about tomorrow and the future and God Almighty having it all in hand. All right. That's a pretty big list. Shepherding with oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over, but being an example and your reward. Well, it's in the future. That's eldering. Please be in prayer for our elders that this be true all the time. Lord, may we keep this place on track as we stay on track with your word. Um, you know, I'm going to use this illustration. I've used it before, but it works really well. There was a, a tour guide in Israel, and uh, they were on a bus tour, and he was talking, and he said, you all need to understand shepherding around here. So many don't understand shepherding, especially from the U.S. And, and so the way it works is the shepherd gets out in front And he's got a staff in hand and he walks along and he talks out loud and he sings out loud so that they can hear his voice and the sheep follow his voice. Remember that guys where the sheep follow and Jesus like my sheep hear my voice. And like if two shepherds are walking in front and they split off singing, the sheep know which way to go just by their ear. 
They follow the shepherd that's theirs as he leads in front of them. He's got a passion for goodness for them, for feeding and for relaxation and for protection. And, and he's out in front with them. All right. And that's shepherding. And uh, so it's not driving them like old rodeo style out west. Right. So all of you U.S. guys, be careful. That's not what shepherding looks like. And the bus comes to a stop and sheep just start running in front of the bus. True story, by the way. Sheep are just running in front of the bus. And there's no shepherd in front of them. And there's a guy behind him with a whip. As he's coming across, angry as all get out, smacking these sheep, moving them along. And the guy is humiliated because he just got done with a beautiful story, you know. So he gets off the bus and he goes out and he's like, what gives? I just got done telling these people, shepherds don't do this. Why are you doing this? Guy goes, I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher. Uh, you can tell when you have a real shepherd in the midst. There's a tenderness. There's a care. There's a leading. There's a willing to be standing in the gap for. That's eldership. Please be praying for our elders. That they have that fortitude. That they have that insight. That they understand God's heart. And they lead out in front with that in mind. Hey, our elders, they're serving all over the place. They're serving on um, impact group leader teams. They're actually coaches. We've got leading of prayer team ministry. And it's huge what our elders are doing. They're invested in this body and they're out in front leading. Please be praying for them as they go. And elders and elders to be, like the message is, these are the five. And we better put them in play every day or we're not getting it right. All right. Well, that's great, Tim. That's a lot on elders. Now what? Hey, let me just throw this in as a second piece real quickly here. The body. Body. Allow God to lead through his chosen leadership. Allow God to lead through his chosen leadership. Verse 5. He says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Now remember, we talked about eldership. It has an implication of some age variation. It's mostly speaking to maturity, and maturity tends to come with age. When he says the younger here, it's an implication. Hey, you who are growing along in your faith, all right? It's not as just an age statement here. It's more like, where are you at in your faith maturity? And, and so you who are coming along in it, uh, please be subject to the elders. It means let them lead. Let them lead well. Hebrews 13, 17 has a great statement to it. It says, please submit to the leadership in front of you because know this, they give an answer to God. And the harder you make it for them to lead, the harder it is for them to stand before God one day. Work together as a team. So the first message might have been pray, pray for elders. This message, partner, partner with elders. Allow for them to lead. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. All of you. That includes elders. All of us. But here's a battle cry. Clothe yourselves. Put on these clothes. What you need to be wearing is not those leaders. They don't get it at all. And do you know that I saw them do these two things last week? And if it were me leading, like that is not clothing yourself with humility. Okay? Everybody say not. Yes, not. Okay. It's not about, let me question at every front. Let me challenge along the way. Let me, now hear me. 
That doesn't mean that elders shouldn't be open to being able to answer good questions and lead you along the way. And, and please, by all means, we together need to partner together. And if there's something you don't get, then we need to help you get it. But if your real reason for questioning is to say, I won't listen. Well, that's a problem, right? And so look at the next section there. It says, be humble, clothe yourselves with humility. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What does it look like for God to oppose? Think about that for a second. I mean, you might have a visual image of this, but I'm telling you, it means no matter where you go, no matter how you try to exercise out, no matter what you unaccomplished in your life, if pride is at the center of it, you will find opposition from God Almighty. It will seem like at every turn there's something against you. That's God's hand moving. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Uh, Lord, what do you want done? True humility says God's in charge. What does God want done? And God gets it done as God assigns leadership and we will make it happen. Hey, if you ever find a leader in sin, hear me on this one. If you ever find a leader in sin, it is important to talk with them and chat with them. Now, scripture is pretty clear. Come with two witnesses. This is not wild accusation. Okay. This is, it's being noticed and it needs to be confronted. Two witnesses and talking it out. We're very real. Elders are not beyond Elders are human beings. Uh, that goes for all of our leadership, impact group leaders, whatever. Careful, respectful, but we're all held accountable to be growing with our king. Amen? That's what we're talking about. So humble, yes. God's in charge, not me. And he's placed some men in charge and they have a responsibility, praise be to God. Let's celebrate what God's doing in this place as God moves mightily. And that's what it looks like to govern a church so it doesn't go off the rails. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Lord, may we be defined as a humble church. Help us, Lord, to know humility more every day. All right? So here's the deal. We have five elders currently. And uh, myself and Kent serve on that elder board as staff. There are three lay elders. All right? But we're looking to add two more elders today. So I'm going to ask all those elders to come up, including the guys we're going to install. And uh, while they're coming up, let me just say this. I love what God's doing in our elder board. And I love each one of these guys and what God's doing through them. I'm amazed with what God's doing. All right, let me just start from left to right. Where's Kent? He's getting the mic. So Kent Smith, he's our associate pastor on staff. All right. Uh, Phil King, he's also the chairman of the deacon board. So he helps manage the deacons and then sits on the elder board with us. All right, John Creekmer, who's going to be installed today, and great to have you. John's been with us on the elder board, same uh, with Nick, has been on since the summertime, and uh, John's working as an impact group leader now, and uh, has worked in Fuse and a few other places along the way, working with Marriage Restore, and just been great to have you a part of that. So uh, John's going to be installed today. Uh, Steve Hutton, uh, who has been faithful to his elder board since before I was here. All right. And uh, so Steve and Steve, both as elders before I came, love these guys, love what they provided to this place. I'm telling you, we've got wisdom on this board. Everybody say wisdom. You know it, baby. All right. And uh, Steve Belzer, 
And uh, Steve's our chairman of the elders, and uh, great to have Steve with us as well, constantly providing a sense of direction. Steve and I meet on Tuesdays, and uh, I've, my responsibility is shaping vision of this place and, and providing preaching calendar. It still all sits under this elder board. They're responsible to make sure it's still all in line. I can't run amok, all right? Checks and balances, that's where it's at, all right? And uh, so Steve and I meet on Tuesday, and then we bring that to the elder board as a whole on Wednesday nights and make sure we're all in consensus, okay? And then Nick Brazes, as I said, meeting since this summer with John. Been great to have them here in just kind of a sitting in with us role. Quite frankly, it was, you sure you're ready for this as part of it? And uh, nothing like bringing them on. And then Steve has kidney stone, goes through a surgery for a month. We had the stuff going and Ken gets lymphoma and I got the tumor thing. And welcome to Eldering, guys. (laughs) All right. All right. So that's our board. I'm telling you, love these guys. Pray for these guys, all right? And let's install John and Nick now. Why don't you guys stand up in the middle here and we'll lay hands on, all right? Go ahead, Kent. 